It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 26th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Before we dive into anything else today, I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas, a great day off if you got it. If you didn't, hope you still had an incredible day. Uh, while not all of us celebrate the religious aspects of Christmas, it has certainly become a civil holiday and, and a holiday that is celebrated in the NBA with lots of basketball and hopefully time with family and friends. And, you know, again, outside of the, you know, if it has religious meaning to you, great, but the, the holiday, the day has really become a day for family and coming together. And, and I think that spans all religious celebrations, at least in, in this country here in the United States. But hope you got to enjoy the day however you wanted to celebrate it or however you wanted to observe it uh, and, and just enjoy the opportunity to be around loved ones on that on that December 25th. There was basketball, of course, as, as the NBA had its showcase day of five games. In the NBA, it was a very exciting day from the from tip-off uh, in Toronto between the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors uh, to the thrilling finish to the Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Clippers game where the Clippers came back to win it fine, and finishing off with a, a really fantastic performance from Brandon Ingram as the New Orleans Pelicans defeated the Denver Nuggets. You can get a complete recap of all the Christmas games from the individual team podcasts that cover their team best, just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. There's podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to learn what's going, what happened in that Lakers-Clippers game? I would say check out Locked On Lakers or Locked On Clippers. Want to look ahead to the Magic's opponent on Friday as the Orlando Magic will face the Philadelphia 76ers? Check out Locked On Sixers. And yeah, the Magic played the Milwaukee Bucks too, so check out Locked On Bucks to get their perspective on the Sixers' big win over the Milwaukee Bucks on Christmas Day. No matter who your favorite team is, who the team you love to hate is, the team that you uh, just are curious about, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Download the lo- download your favorite Locked On podcast today by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, and be sure to check out our national podcast, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Locked On, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rejecting the Screen, as well as the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. You can find our Hollinger and Duncan NBA podcast, excuse me. You can find these podcasts again wherever you download podcasts, whether it's NBA, NFL, MLB, college, or NHL too. There's a Lockdown podcast for you. Check them out wherever you download podcasts again by searching for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. 
So obviously the Orlando Magic have been off the last two days. Uh, they defeated the Chicago Bulls on Monday. You can go back and listen to our recap episode of that game uh, in our archives, um, as, as, as I'm sure some of you do. Um, I know I tend to listen to the same podcast in a nice little string to catch up. So um, if, if you want to do that, you can certainly go back in time and hear my thoughts on the Magic's big win over the Bulls. Um, but the Magic were off on Tuesday and, of course, took Christmas Day off as well. They'll get back to work on Thursday as they welcome the Philadelphia 76ers to town on Friday. We're going to talk in more detail about that 76ers game tomorrow, but suffice it to say, A, the Sixers just beat a really good Milwaukee Bucks team, and B, the the Magic's only win over a team with a winning record this season is against the 76ers. Granted, Joel Embiid did not play in that game, and I think it will be a different story if, if Embiid does play on Friday, and there's no reason to think he won't play on Friday after he dropped 31 points against a very, very good Milwaukee Bucks team. So Magic certainly have their work cut out for him. A tough back-to-back this weekend as the Magic take on the Sixers at home on Friday and the Milwaukee Bucks on the road in Milwaukee on Saturday. Could not ask for a more difficult back-to-back if you ask me. Um, actually, you will ask me because the Magic will play the Lakers and Clippers in, back, in, in at least back-to-back games. I don't know if it's a back-to-back. I don't remember if it's an actual back-to-back, but they'll face the Lakers and Clippers uh, in consecutive games coming up in January. So, yeah, maybe maybe it does get a little bit harder. Um, like we said, December and January were going to be very, very tough, uh, tough road for the Orlando Magic. To say the least, though, Christmas is, at least to the cynics' view, when the NBA season really begins. Um, I think John Hollinger noted in one of his early season articles that teams really separate themselves into their tiers or, or kind of get into sort of position, so to speak, from Halloween to Christmas. Um, it, it, it's, it's that point in the season, you, you're past the first couple weeks of the season, and you're really in the meat of the year when teams really begin to separate themselves. And if you look at the standings, yes, there are clear dividing lines. Barring complete disasters, and, and statistically this is true, we're at game 30 for the Orlando Magic teams are around the 30 to 32 game mark. So we're not even halfway through the season, but typically around this time of year, around the 30 game mark, something like seven of the eight playoff teams in each conference are in playoff position. They, they may not be in the places where they will ultimately end up, but they are essentially where they're going to finish, or they're in the field, so to speak. In fact, while some of us might say, oh, well, well what about the Magic last year? They, they made an incredible run. I hate to do this, but hashtag. Well, actually... At the 30-game mark last year, the Magic were 8th in the Eastern Conference, too. They actually hit their low in January when they were 20-31. and 31. And, you know, Steve Clifford has, has said that that he is kind of referencing back to some of the struggles that they had last year and some of the struggles and, and issues that they had last year to say, like, hey, guys, we've been in worse situations before. We've had to dig ourselves out of a hole before. It's still time to turn this thing around. Don't lose hope that we can be the team that we know we can be. And I think he's used that mostly to say our, our defense was really good last year and we can be that good again. Here is proof. Here's video proof of how good our defense can be. And I think that was a, a huge motivator for the team coming off of that West Coast road trip. And, you know, I, I, I would note as well, and I, I think I made this comparison at least in writing on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, if not here on the podcast, that road trip uh, where the Magic went 1-3, 
had double digit had a, had a seven point lead with four minutes to go in Utah and a nineteen point lead in the third quarter against Denver. So essentially, a, a road trip that just as easily could have gone three and one as it did one and three. And results matter. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying that the Magic you know had a successful road trip. They did not. We're not counting moral victories here. Um, but that road trip did very much remind me of a road trip the Magic had last year. Uh, when they had very many of the same issues where they had a double-digit lead in Utah and lost, and then they had a double-digit lead in... Oh, man, I'm, I'm blanking on, on on the team, but uh, in Portland, I believe, as well, um, and and lost that game as well. Um, and, to, and the Magic came home. They beat Houston and Boston in consecutive games uh, in back-to-back games at home. And to many, that was a turning point in the season. It wasn't to me the Magic would actually end up losing seven of their next eight games after that back to, after those back-to-back wins. But to many, it felt like it was, it was tangible proof that this team was was could be could come out on the other side. Okay, that this road trip reminded me very much of that. So we sit here at Christmas at, at essentially the quote-unquote Christmas break, and, and the Magic don't have a true Christmas break, obviously. But we sit here at the the Christmas break. With sort of the the sense that this team should be playing better, could be playing better, but at the end of the day, they are still in the playoff position. They're a game and a half up on the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets actually have the same number of wins as the Orlando Magic, but they played three more games. They have three more losses. The Magic are in control of their own destiny, so to speak, for the playoffs at the 30-game mark. It's probably a little too early to be thinking about that, you know, or, you know, the, the magic number is, what, 49, 50, something like that. Um, it, we got a long, long way to go. But essentially, if teams have started to tier themselves and have started to move into the position that they will ultimately end up, Orlando is both in the playoff field, which is a good sign, but also falling far behind. The Brooklyn Nets at 16 and 13, certainly uh, a little bit ahead of where the Orlando is at 13 and 17. So uh, there's a big gap between 7 and 8. And frankly, barring complete disaster, like I said, 7 of the 8 play- teams, may- playoff teams are already in position, are already in playoff position by this point of the season typically. Seven teams in this Eastern Conference, barring a complete disaster, should feel very, very comfortable about their playoff positioning. Orlando is eighth. And you can certainly look at the teams below Orlando, you know, the teams immediately in the competition with them. Detroit, Charlotte, uh, Chicago, Washington even. It certainly feels like Orlando is the team you should have the most confidence in. Um, If not them, you know, no offense to the other teams. I would say Detroit uh, because they do have a star player in Blake Griffin and a star player in Andre Drummond, even though their guards have been hurt. Reggie Jackson's been hurt this year. Um, they haven't quite put all the pieces together. Um, they'll go through some wild inconsistency, and but they are still a very good three-point shooting team. They're still a very solid team. They, they beat the Magic. They're one of the, the teams with losing records that the Magic have, have fallen to this year. Um, it, it, it's going to be a battle the rest of the way. And, you know, I think... I think that the rest of the season, you know, I mentioned it last year, but the rest of the season there is this little bit of tension between the future and the present. And, you know, obviously the next big date on the calendar, if Christmas is a big date on the NBA calendar, the next big date on the NBA calendar is February 7th. Or I believe it's February 7th, or early February. 
when the NBA trade deadline comes up, comes around. And it's there that I want to put the rest of the attention of this show on. Whether we want to talk, whether we want to realize it or not, the NBA trade deadline is a big deal for the Magic and for the rest of the league. And Orlando's got time until then to get themselves right and put themselves in playoff position and, and, and solidify their playoff positioning. But that date's going to loom large for a lot of reasons. And I want to highlight some of those reasons here coming up in just a bit. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, for the holidays, it being the holiday, I I opened up the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag, and and I feel like instead of going through each individual question, I will invite you to, of course, log on to OrlandoMagicDaily.com and and check it out, but... uh, the, the big question that I always, that I get at this time of year, and, and, and frankly, a lot of the discussions that I have online and, and as I interact with the, with my audience and with my readers, and again, I love doing that. If, if you know, I, I don't know how many of them actually listen to this podcast, but I, I will say this, um, while I think we get into heated arguments and I, and I do sometimes hide what I actually think or what I view to, to play devil's advocate or to take the magic's position to try and justify what they've done and... You know, I try to do that as a, a point of argument more than anything else or as a way of saying, okay, well, this is this is how I think the Magic are thinking. Because, again, uh, I often kind of feel like my opinion, you know, while I do share my opinion and, and I want to share my opinion, I, I, I often don't believe my, my opinion is is necessarily important or, or sometimes I feel like I don't want my opinion to overrule everyone else. And so I do try to concede ground when I'm wrong and I'm wrong a lot. Uh, and I do, and, but I do try to also say, try to bring a different perspective to things as well. That may not even be my perspective or my opinion too. But uh, the, the 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 path or the part that I keep coming to in my conversations when it comes to preparing for the trade deadline is again what I think is the central tension for this Magic team. The Magic this year have one underlying goal. That underlying goal is to make the playoffs. Period. Full stop. As I've said on this podcast, as I say everywhere I go, this season is, maybe failure is too strong a word, but the season is not a success if the Magic miss the playoffs. And frankly, you look at this team, you look at the players that they have, you look at who they are, even as poorly as they played this year, this is a playoff team. This team has playoff potential. This, and again, I will fully concede that playoff team, playoff potential is a moving target. It's essentially saying you're one of the eight best teams in the East. It's not about record. It's not about, you know, the Magic won 42 games last year. Winning 38 and making the playoffs is certainly very possible this year. I, I don't think the e- I think, as I've told many people, uh, the East is not as good as it was last year. And and then, you know, if, if when I usually say that, someone will say, oh, you think that Milwaukee's worse or Boston's worse or Toronto's worse or Indiana's worse? And I'll say, no, I, I don't care about the top of the East right now. I care about this middle and bottom of the East. 
the middle and bottom of the East, that 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 frankly, that eight through fifteen is much worse than it was last year. I think that if the Magic were playing this way last year, we would not be talking about a team that is in the playoff hunt. Now, having said that, again, making the playoffs is a bit of a moving target, is a bit relative. I certainly, and and I actually believe this, and I think I I said this on this show, my expectation for the season was that perhaps the Magic would be a little bit better, and actually I think I predicted them to finish around around 43-44 wins that they would be a little bit better, but probably still finish in the 7th or 8th seed. To me, to me, again, and, and I think there's a difference between the underlying goal and the progress we want to see. To me, progress would have been, the expected progress that I was that I thought that we would see, is this team would make the playoffs comfortably. It wouldn't take to the penultimate game to make the playoffs. And whether that meant they were the 6th seed or the 7th seed again, I didn't really see them improving their seeding in the Eastern Conference. I just I saw them as better, and I, I again, and I do think that this team is better than it was last year. I think if this this team went through the struggles they've gone through last year, they would be in much worse shape. But because they made the playoffs, I do sense a poise and confidence about this team and about this group. And honestly, I might argue that that poise and confidence is part of the problem. They need a little bit of urgency um, to, to kind of realize their full potential. But regardless of any of that, regardless of what your expectations were for the team, whether you thought that they'd be playing for home court advantage, whether you thought they'd be making more tangible, clearer steps, regardless of any of that, the underlying kind of conclusion that I think we've all reached, and again, maybe it's early to make this conclusion. I don't really think it is. The underlying conclusion that every single one of us, no matter what our expectations were for this team, no matter what we believe this team could accomplish, and again, you heard what I thought this team would do. Very, very modest expectations for this for this group. And, and you know, positive in that they'd make some improvement, but very, very modest, not like over-the-top crazy. The underlying thing about all of, all of that is that at the end of the day, we kind of believe that this team isn't more than a first-round cameo or first-round exit. Steve Clifford said at the end of the playoffs last year, he thought that they would compete better in the playoffs. And to me, that was more the goal, to to kind of make the playoffs comfortably and give it a, a much better try or, or to, to, to be a little bit of a tougher out when they got there. Now, of course, there's still a lot of games to be played. We still have more than 50 games to be played. Um, and if you look at the schedule, if you look at the, at several metrics, the Magic have one. The Magic have played one of the 10 toughest schedules in the league so far. Their schedule through January is extremely difficult. And this season, while the finishing, the, the absolute finishing kick is not perhaps as 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 friendly as last year's. The post-All-Star break schedule or the the schedule, you know, after, you know, from February to the end of the season sets up for them to make another run. So again, I'm not super worried about the team's record. But I will agree and concede and and fully endorse this, this opinion that there are fundamental flaws with this team that we are seeing every single game. 
This team does not have a great offensive weapon. Uh, perhaps Markel Fultz is that, but he is still essentially a rookie and still a little young. Aaron Gordon has not taken the steps forward that the Magic had hoped. Nikola Vucevic, while still very productive and very good, has fallen a little bit back down to earth after a career season last year. Terrence Ross has also struggled a little bit, although I think his numbers have bounced back. And ultimately, this team hasn't played the level of defense that they need to play at to be successful at the level that we all thought they would. So at the end of the day, we all recognize, no matter what our arguments are, we all recognize that this team has fundamental flaws that, frankly, we all knew they had anyway, that were clear in the playoffs, that management did not fully address. And again, I I think Al Farouk will still be a benefit for this team, but I can concede that that was probably not the best use of the Magic's mid-level exception. The Magic needed shooting. You know, maybe another playmaker, and I don't know what else was out on the market. I understand why they signed out for Camino. I think I've, I've said that on, that on this podcast, why they, why I believe they did it, and I think that there is some justification for that, but there are obviously more pressing needs that, that, that this team is struggling with at the moment. So, the issue then is, if we know this team has fundamental flaws, how do they go about fixing them? And so, obviously, that, that brings the trade deadline a little bit more into focus. Again, the Magic have that underlying goal of making the playoffs, and it's why I don't believe the Magic will make a move at the trade deadline or make a major move at the trade deadline. To make the kind of improvement and the changes that we all feel is necessary, it's going to take a major move. It's going to take moving an Aaron Gordon or Nikola Vucevic, which I don't think they're, they're ready to do quite yet, or an Evan Fournier. It's going to take a big piece like that to get the kind of player that the Magic the Magic believe can help them. At the end of the day, it, it might take the Magic throwing Jonathan Isaac a little bit more into the deep end of the pool and giving him a little bit more offensive responsibility and having the faith and belief that he can handle that so they can trade one of those players to get their, to either get their guy or to get you know better more role players who support them. This is, again, the tension that the Magic have. They're not willing to give up their playoff position or their playoff potential to go after the big fish or to to cash out a chip that they might lose. And that's why I think they wait for the summer. That's why I think the, the heavy lifting for this Magic team is going to happen in the summer. I can see the Magic making a trade, and again, there's nothing, no rumors to substantiate this, so I'm not reporting anything right now. I can see the Magic making a trade involving DJ Augustine or Wesa Wundu, guys that are a little extraneous on the roster to try and add some depth off the bench, add some shooting off the bench, something to solidify the team a little bit more. That's the kind of deal I see the Magic making at the trade deadline. Because again, the things that we're talking about are not little... The, th- the things that we're talking about the Magic improving, their offense especially, those are not little things. Those are not things that can get fixed with a with a, a piece coming off the bench. This is, a again, a fundamental problem with the Magic's starting lineup and core players. It's just a question of how do you treat that and... Making the playoffs is important to this franchise. I think it should be. Whether you think it should be is, is, is another issue. I think it's important that the Magic make the playoffs, 
to build off of what they did last year, regardless of whether they win more games or not, or are the eight seed instead of the seven seed. It's important to do that, and the Magic are going to sacrifice that. There does appear to be one potential situation that the Magic might make a move that might, at face value, hurt the team a little bit. And, and it deserves a little more discussion. Bobby Marks of ESPN.com was at the G League showcase last week, last weekend in Las Vegas, and spoke and you know began speaking to the man to man executives that were present at the game or at at those games. And of course, it, it's kind of a gathering of everyone. And he did an informal straw poll and reported that the player that executives that he spoke to think is most likely to get traded or most likely to get a lot of buzz around the trade deadline is Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier is in a very interesting position. And it is, and we'll, we'll discuss it more, I'm sure, in a future podcast because this issue is not going away. I, I'm sure I previewed it. I know I've talked to people and said, you know, I'm really curious what happens with this. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Evan Fournier has a player option on the final year of his contract next year. He can become an unrestricted free agent this summer. And while there aren't a lot of teams that have money to spend this summer, there is certainly the op- there's certainly the potential that he opts out opts out and go becomes a free agent because a he will probably be the best shooting guard on the market. Yes, I'm saying this even better than Demar Derozan because of his ability to shoot. And b he knows how important he is to this Magic team. The Magic would not be even sniffing the eight seed if not for him. This season, he has been the most consistent player. He is their best shooter. Um, he has been a really solid player for them this year. I, I really cannot complain about anything Evan Fournier has done. And by opting out, he forces the Magic to make a decision whether to pay him or not sooner sooner than I think they want to. At least a year sooner than they want to, probably. And the Magic need him, and he knows it. And, and I think he's got a, he's got a lot of leverage on them here. And so it'll be interesting to see if the Magic pull the trigger on a trade to, to, to get some value for him instead of losing him for nothing because ultimately that would help the team win. Um, I think it was earlier in the season when the Magic were scuffling a little bit that the John Hollinger of The Athletic suggested uh, an Evan Fournier for Norman Powell deal. And you know there's already been some discussion ever since this report came out from, from ESPN.com um, some discussion among Magic fans about what that kind of deal would look like, and I, I don't think you're going to get kind of star power for Evan Fournier. He's, I think Aaron Gordon is a player that you could trade for a, a, a potential star. Um, you'd have to give up a little bit more, obviously, and, and, and push some chips into the table, but um, I, I think that I think Aaron Gordon is probably the chip you use to go get that kind of starring player to complete your roster, which is, again, why I'm you know still very hesitant to do anything, even though Gordon struggled, and say... Wait for the right guy. Keep developing. He's 24. There's no reason to rush this thing, even though Gordon struggled this year. Fournier is not going to be that player. He's 29 years old, uh, and 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 I think you know he's the kind of player that you ship to a contender and get some young young players for. Um, you know, it. it I, I think someone you know someone mentioned you're probably going to trade Evan Fournier in the same way that you traded Aaron Aflalo. Um, you're going to get an interesting young guy that maybe isn't getting a full opportunity. Um, in return for him, and and you know, and, and then he'll go do what he's going to do. 
that, I mean, again, every single one of these deals you got to get right, whether it's the big big move or the small move. You got to get them right if, if you're the Magic. Otherwise, you know, you could tip over to the other to the other side of the ledger. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I'll continue to say that it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But I think if there is a big move, that's the big move the Magic make. If if they get the signal that Fournier is going to opt out, and you know, I love Evan Fournier. I think that that he he's he's obviously been super important to this team. The Magic can't pay everyone. They chose to pay Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, and I think that was out of necessity to build off their playoff roster, and I think those were smart decisions. They paid Aaron Gordon, who's 24 years old. Obviously, you don't want to give up on a young player that soon, so that was a smart decision. In 2021, the Magic will have to pay Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. They'll be off their rookie contracts. So you can't just sit around anymore. you got to be a little proactive and a little bit active in, in trying to manage your cap a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to be kind of stuck in limbo with a roster that tops out as a seven seed for a long time. And while I I get into a lot of arguments about whether being the seven or eight seed this year is worth it, I think it is. You don't want to be the seven or eight seed in 2021. By 2021, you want to be fighting for home court advantage. You want to really have a clear vision of your future. And I think this team has that. Um, Like I said, I think this team has shown growth and shown potential in Isaac and Fultz that is worth developing and investing in. But you don't want to get stuck in that hamster wheel without any room to to grow to, to get better and without a clear path forward. And I think that's that's where we're getting at. You can see those storm clouds on the horizon, whether they're at the deadline or the summer, that something's gonna have to change. And Weltman's gonna have to take Jeff Weltman's gonna have to take a risk and is gonna have to, to push some chips into the table and, and frankly, you know, get some skin in the game. I think he's played things very safe and he's been very cautious and you know, I know people. You know, people are are acceptable of various levels of risk. I am a more conservative guy, so you know, for for those that say, "Oh, the Magic, you don't need to do this or that or the other thing," you know, I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, I think the Magic have misused some late first round picks and second round picks. Although one dude's been really good, and and I, and I like what I've seen from Melvin Frazier in his limited minutes. So I'm not giving up on those guys yet. Um, but this Magic front office has been very, very patient. It's been rewarded with. You know, a, a smart move in getting Markel Fultz. Let's not forget that that move was incredibly smart and shrewd. Uh, and it's been rewarded with a playoff appearance, which which I think was I think happened much sooner than they anticipated it happening. But the time to make a move, the time to take some action, is is definitely on the horizon. And and I think that's going to be a big storyline for the rest of the season. Ultimately, though, the big picture stuff, that future looking stuff. To me, that's still on the horizon. To me, that's all there. I acknowledge it's there. I acknowledge that something needs to be done about it. But at the end of the day, right now the focus for the Orlando Magic is making this team the best team it can be. Right now, the Magic's focus should be on making the most of this roster and this season. And like I've said, this team is underperformed. It's not that they're bad. It's not that they're not, you know, capable of still making the playoffs, even if this is the level that they're playing at. Again, that that's a moving target a little bit. But this team is certainly behind where a lot of us thought they would be, even if we had modest expectations. It doesn't mean they can't get it back. It doesn't mean that they can't still get back on track or back to where I thought they would be or where everyone thought they would be. There's still a lot of time left in the season, and we know this team can go on a killer run when it has to. But that work definitely starts December 26th. We are at the point of the season where things are getting serious, where 
teams separate themselves and teams solidify who they are and, and their identities are already formed. And the Magic, you know, frankly, the Magic know who they should be, but they haven't been that team all the time. And I think for now, that's the focus. The storm clouds on the horizon will still be there. We still acknowledge them. They, but they cannot be the, the only focus for this team because there's still a lot of work to do in the present to achieve the goals that this team has, nonetheless. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himway, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.